You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. It's good to be with you today. Today we're looking at the reveal party. Yes, the reveal party. Today on Words of Encouragement. I know some of you, um, some of you have been watching, you've seen online, on uh, Facebook, on Funniest Home Videos, maybe even on TV, where they have these reveal parties. Now, the ones on Funniest Home Videos obviously are the funniest ones. Uh, We were watching one night, and they had one. Uh, they had a balloon, a helium-filled balloon that they were going to pop. And they were going to find out if they were having a boy or a girl. And they were standing there ready. And wouldn't you know it, that balloon started floating away. And that man, that man, that husband started chasing after that balloon, trying to catch it. They got to know. See, because you know, the, 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 the husband and the wife don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. And so that balloon started floating away, and everybody started screaming, chasing the balloon. And I thought, that is hilarious. Oh, I love it. It wasn't me, so it was funny. Uh, You know, that's how that usually works, isn't it? We usually laugh at somebody else's expense. But uh, they have these some very elaborate uh, gender reveal uh, parties. And some have used cannons, which they shoot colored powder out of. Others have used balloons. As I shared with you, some have used cake. You know, the, well, what is it? You, you cut into the cake and find out. Uh, but the cost can be low and it can be extremely high just to have these gender reveal parties that didn't exist when I was, a, you know, when I was born. Uh, you know, it was like, well, you know, if it's a boy, it's a boy. If it's a girl, it's a girl. We don't know until he gets here or she gets here. Well, this morning I want us not to look at a gender reveal party, but a very special reveal party that happened that shares some news about a person whom many thought was dead. Uh, and it's not a secret. You, I know you know. Uh, but if you're able and you're willing, would, will you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning as we look at Luke chapter 24, verse 36. The Bible says, while they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst. Now, these were the two that were on the road to Emmaus. They've come back to the disciples. They've come back to share with them, oh my goodness, we saw Jesus. And they're talking with these disciples. And this verse 36 says, (laughs) while they were telling while they were telling these things, he stood, them, he stood himself in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. May the word of God be emblazoned upon your hearts today. You may be seated. This here that is happening, Jesus is revealing that he is alive. In the first... Uh, Part of this uh, verse 36, while they were telling these things, uh, John puts it this way. He says, 
So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now John is the only one who mentions, he's the only one who mentions the doors being shut and the fear that the disciples have. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. The fear that they had. Wait, 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 wait. I thought that we as believers were not supposed to have any fear. I thought we weren't supposed to be afraid. I, I don't understand this. Why were the disciples, why did they have fear? I thought God does not give his children a spirit of fear. But these disciples have it. They were afraid of the Jews who had opposed Christ. From this I can gather, and I think rightly so, that we as believers can have a spirit of fear. But it obviously does not come from God. That's the point that needs to be made throughout this entire past year. Faith over fear, faith over fear, and I've had that thrown in my face. And I've thought, my goodness... No, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Well, then who does? The devil. But that doesn't mean we do not get afraid. That does not mean that we are never afraid and that we're just always courageous and fearful. It does not mean that. We look at the disciples. They are in this upper room for fear of the Jews. They had fear. They were the ones that were closest to Jesus. They walked with Him, literally. They talked with Him, literally. They were with Him. But they were also afraid at this time. God longs for us to have a sound mind, but there are times when we get shaken. And just because we are shaken with fear does not make us weak. Just because you're afraid does not mean you are weak. It also does not make any of us less a believer in God or His strength. Well, back to this, verse 36. The they that are, that are speaking here. They were telling these things. Cleopas and the other one who was with him. Wouldn't you love to have known his name? I've heard, I've heard it said many times that sometimes... The theologians feel that when there is someone who is not named, that person could be you or I. Uh, it could be one of us. You know, put ourselves in the unnamed person here. But these were the two who are on the road to Emmaus who encountered Jesus. They ate with Jesus and they shared scriptures. He explained scriptures to them in a way that they understood. And these were two who, when they realized who they were with, Jesus vanished from their eyes. We're joining them here as they try to convince the disciples that Jesus is alive. Mark's gospel again tells us that the disciples did not believe them. They are with the gathered disciples and no, it's not a party they are having. But let me tell you, it's about to turn into one. Look at the next part of the verse. He himself stood in their midst. Suddenly. Without warning, without trumpets, without even a knock at the door, Jesus is there with them. 
Now, I, talk about knocking your socks off. Talk about being shocked. Talk about mouths gaping. Talk about looking at him and thinking, oh my goodness, I think it really, it, it's Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, I, the closest thing that you and I could have to something like that is maybe running into an old friend that we haven't seen in over 20 years. We love them. We've se- we haven't seen them. We haven't kept in contact, but suddenly there they are. <gasps> hey, that's, uh, that's, Billy, that, that's Billy Hobbs right over there. Look, that's Billy. Hey, Billy. And it's just a shock. That's the only thing I can think of that comes even minutely close to what the disciples are feeling here. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And he's standing there in front of them. And he speaks to them saying, peace be to you. Oh my goodness. The revelation of the reveal party has been made. Any doubts as to whether or not these men were telling the truth should be put away. Because here he is standing there with them. He is alive. Disciples, he's alive. Church, he's alive. He's alive. The greeting he gives is one that is normal to be shared when greeting people upon one's arrival, although this arrival is not normal. The the one who has revealed himself was dead, but now he is alive. A lot of people have trouble believing in the risen Christ. Some have felt that maybe he fainted. I mean, there are theories out there. Some feel that maybe Jesus fainted. That's what happened. He fainted. And so they took him down, the, down from the cross, and yeah, they put him in the grave, but oh, well, he, he, came, you know, he, he came back, and he was never dead to begin with. Some people feel that way. Others feel that while maybe he did die, yes, well, the disciples came later and pulled his body out of the tomb and said, oh, look, he's not here, he must be alive. Funny. Not ha-ha funny, but funny. If those disciples did that, let's just say they did. Why in the world did they keep on preaching that Jesus had risen? And, 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 and because they continued to preach, they've truly pulled off one of the biggest scams in history. I can't believe it. Listen to this quote from Chuck Colson. I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years. 40 years they continued to claim that Jesus had risen from the dead. Never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put into prison. Now, these are, you think about this. Would you go that far if you didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead? No, he did. He did. Okay, look, we're going to stone you. Uh, maybe he didn't. <laughs> maybe he didn't rise from the dead. Maybe not. My life's in jeopardy here. Maybe not. I don't, I'm not too sure about this. But these disciples went to their death, proclaiming that he had risen from the dead. Chuck goes on. He says, they would not have endured that if if it weren't true. 
Watergate embroiled 12 of the, of the most powerful men in the world and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Paul wrote to the Corinthian Christians in his first letter to them, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. It's that important that you and I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Because if He didn't, oh, there's no hope. There's no hope for us to go to heaven. There's no hope of our having our sins forgiven. There's no hope for us. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Truly you have nothing. If you do not believe that. So the first thing I say to you is. Jesus is alive. He is alive. The second thing. Jesus points to the truth that he is alive. Look at verse 37. But they were startled and frightened. And thought that they were seeing a spirit. The word translated for us terrified or startled or Scared half to death means to be afraid or anxious. That uneasy feeling that most of us can remember when we first learned about the virus and its effect on people. Oh my, this is scary. The other word translated as frightened or affrightened denoted an intense fear or desperation. They were surprised, caught off guard to the point where they thought they were seeing a ghost, a spirit. Talk about going white. You ever seen someone white with fear or white with shock? Just a, oh my. It's, it, that's a, I think that's where these disciples were. Oh, 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 what is, what is going on? Is, is this, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Now notice what's happening here. Verse 37. This is narrative format here. This is Luke saying... But they were startled and frightened and thought they were seeing a spirit. They have not said words yet. They haven't said a thing. None of these disciples are saying to out loud, Are you a ghost? Neither one of them are saying to the other, I think it's a ghost. I think that's what that is. It's a ghost. None of them have said a word. Look at verse 38. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Ooh. Notice what he's doing here. What Jesus is doing here, he's living out a concept that Mr. Rogers talked about a bunch of times, a number of times. If it is mentionable, it is manageable. Until someone addresses the elephant, in, the, in this case, Jesus, in the room, then it will not be discussed. These disciples are staring at this apparition, they think. Oh, it's a ghost, it's a spirit. And they have doubts in their minds. Oh, this is not Jesus. This is not Jesus. Oh my, what is this? And Jesus talks about it. They have doubts, they have fears, they think they're seeing a ghost, and they don't say anything until Jesus opens his mouth and asks, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? I truly believe 
in communication, although I do not communicate well sometimes. Sometimes I do, I do not communicate well with other people, even people in my own home. But I believe in communication. It is so important. It is vital. And I'm not talking about communication that says, hey, please pass the beans. I mean, you got that out. You made your point. The beans are passed. Okay, that's good. I'm talking about conversations that you need to have with your loved ones and with your friends that you have not had. And you're thinking, well, uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know how to, you know. You and I need to figure out how to have those hard and difficult conversations. And we need to mention the subject and we need to get it out there and to acknowledge that it's there and then to have the conversation. That's what Jesus is doing here. They're just kind of, uh, uh, and Jesus says, why are there doubts in your minds, in your hearts? What, what's going on? Again, here we're reminded that Jesus knows our thoughts. <laughs> he knows our thoughts. He knows what's going on in our minds. He knows what we think about. He knows what we dwell on. Jesus knows our thoughts. He knows what's going on inside of our heads and in our hearts. And that may frighten us, but sometimes, because sometimes our thoughts are not good thoughts. Sometimes we have bad thoughts about other people. Sometimes we have thoughts that maybe we don't want God even to know. But it's a good thing that He knows our thoughts. It's a good thing. If He did not, He, he might just stand there begging them. Jesus might just stand there begging them to believe that it's Him. No, it's me. It's me. Guys, it's me. I'm the one. Look, it's me. We were together. Remember we ate here? We did this? Remember when I healed that lady? What, what, you, it's me. You would have Jesus begging them. But he knows our thoughts. If he hadn't have said anything, they may have run off. They may have taken out of there. Oh, get out of here, it's a ghost. But Jesus knew their thoughts and he addressed those thoughts. Knew that they were troubled. He knew what was happening and he could address their very doubts. Look at verse 39. See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit. They didn't say anything about a spirit. They didn't mention they thought he was a ghost. They didn't say that at all. But Jesus knew. And he says, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. He references the very place, very places on his body that they knew were pierced with nails. A ghost, a spirit does not have flesh and blood, flesh or flesh and bones as he does. Look at verse 40. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. He shows them to him, to, to them. They're still blown away. Still blown away by this entire encounter. It was good news to them, but they, just, they were just overwhelmed. As you and I would be if Jesus suddenly appeared. Oh, 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 it's too much to take in. It's too much to process. It's too much to get in line with other thoughts. It's too much to deal with. But there he is. Plain as day. And they're looking at him. And they're realizing, oh, they're, they're beginning to catch the drift that it's him. Oh my, it is him. 
but they just can't take it in. Look at verse 41. While they stood, while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> their joy and amazement. I just can't believe it. They're all excited, but they can't, they still can't get it, can't believe it. He said to them, Have you anything here to eat? Have you anything here to eat? I love Jesus. He wants, he so wants them to accept what has happened. He has walked with them. He has taught them. He has shown them his healing power. They trusted in him and then he died. Jesus keeps moving through the process of supplying salvation to all who would believe in him. The disciples have been with him on this journey until he dies and then all seems lost. It's over. Oh my. He shows up in their presence and they do not believe it. Jesus uses something that should speak to all humans, especially Baptists. Look at the last part of verse 41. Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. I love it. If Jesus is a ghost, if he is a spirit, how could he eat fish in front of them? How could he do that? That's not possible. It'd be like those cartoons. You put, put it in the mouth and you see it go all the way through. <laughs> He's not a ghost. He's not a spirit. While Jesus most probably would not show up and eat fish in front of you, his Holy Spirit will help you to know that he has risen and he is alive. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God helps us to know the truth about Jesus. He teaches us. He acknowledges it. He, the truth is manifested. It comes to life through the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. And you know that it's true. Is Jesus alive? Is Jesus alive? Some of you know. Some of you know. He's alive. Listen to this from John 16. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. A-L-L. -L. For He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and will disclose it to you. So that's talking about the Holy Spirit there. He will take what God tells him to say, and he will say it to you. You will learn from God through his Holy Spirit, through his word. God wants to teach us. And the main thing today that he wants to teach us is that Jesus is alive. Has the truth that Jesus is alive been made real in your heart? Is it true for you? Have you trusted in him for your own salvation? Because listen, he rose from the dead. He's not still there. There are no bones to be found of Christ. Oh, it's amazing how hard those who do not believe try to hunt those bones down. It's amazing how hard those who do not believe fight against this truth of God's word that Jesus is alive. It's amazing how hard they fight against the truth. But we don't sit back and look at them and say, Pfft. Bunch of idiots. 
bunch of idiots if they don't believe. We don't sit back in judgment. We sit back and we look at them and we say, Dear God, be with them. Dear Heavenly Father, be with their heart. Dear Heavenly Father, be with their mind. Dear God, help them to see the truth of your word. That's what we sit back and do. And then we get up and we go to them and we live out first a life before them that says we belong to God. And then we get to know them. And then we start talking to them about the truth of the scripture. And when they say, well, I don't believe that, you say, well, that's fine. I do. And I'm not wanting to, I don't want to force you to believe it, but I do want to show you why I believe it. And you slowly, methodically share with them why you believe that Jesus is alive, that he did rise from that grave. It's all you and I can do. All we can do is share why we believe what we believe. The Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. There will be a spark. There will be something that happens. There will be a moment of realization for them. There will be a moment of revelation for them. There will be a... And look, there will be a party when it happens when they realize that Jesus is alive. Meeting in the upper room turned into an eating meeting with fish. And they realize Jesus is alive. This is the truth of the Word of God. May we take it. May we believe it. May we live it. May we share it with all who need to know. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word. God, the fact that we can pick up words that you inspired the wor words that you left to us so that we can learn about you. God, that is, a, that is such a treasure. Father, help us. Help us not to take your word for granted. Help us to open it up every day to allow you to speak to our heart and to our minds. Lord, there may be someone here this morning within the sound of my voice that just needs to say, hey, look, I... I believe. I want Jesus in my heart. I want Him to forgive me of my sins. I want to walk with Him. I want Him in charge of my life. Maybe there's somebody that needs to make that decision today. Father, You know who that person is. And God, I'm praying that they would make that decision. Lord, that they would just simply say to You, that, that just admit that they're a sinner. They have sinned. They've done things that are wrong. And all, the, all sin is against you, Father. Lord, just help them just to simply ask. Ask you to forgive them of those sins. To come into their heart. To make them a new creation. To be in charge of their life. Lord, there's somebody that's tired of trying to make it on their own in this world. There's somebody that needs your help. And they're beginning to realize that that is the truth. Father, I'm praying for that person today that needs to have you in their heart and that needs your help and acknowledges that and wants to walk with you from here on out. Father, I want to pray for that person today that they would just simply give their life to you without reservation, Father. 
that they would allow you to work in their life. Father, maybe there's someone here this morning that's thinking, you know what? I'm so I'm just so excited that Jesus is alive. Father, may may we may we just take that excitement and let it bubble over into tomorrow and the next day. Oh, may we be so excited that you your son is alive that we will just tell everybody. God, thank you for doing that. Thank you for loving us enough to make it possible to have salvation. Thank you for loving us enough to send your son to die on a cross, to take our sins upon himself, and to take that punishment that we deserve. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we leave this place this morning, may we leave knowing that your son is alive. Father, thank you for all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us today for words of encouragement. We hope that these are words of encouragement to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us by going to our website, fbcwinsboro.com. Please uh, just drop us some words of encouragement or advice. Uh, maybe you have a question you'd like answered. We can try our best to help you. Remember, fbcwinsboro.com. You can also call us uh, at 318-435-4359, and we'd love to hear from you. But yes, please just get in touch with us. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast. We ask that you do. That way you will have every episode as it comes and you will not have to search for it. Uh, But we're so glad to have you listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast here from the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Remember, you do matter to God and to us. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to greet you, and we'd love to get to know you. Next time you're in Winsboro, stop by and see us. Until next time, remember, you matter to God and to us.